excuse me, preacher. You got time for a sinner. You know, I studied something. It's called the delusion. A belief that is untrue. It is our delusion that lead us to sin. Hello and welcome to Step and Repeat, a weekly movies and awards show podcast. And in honor of our feature film of the week, The Devil All the Time, whose trailer you just heard at the top of the episode, we're asking the question, what movie based on a novel would you remake as a TV limited series instead? So Andrew, your answer. Uh, this was a tough one. I was debating between two, but I settled on World War Z. Oh, that's a good one. A fantastic book like anthology type book about zombie outbreaks throughout the country in different sorts of perspectives. And it was like remade into a uh, brainless, uh-huh, uh, Brad Pitt action movie that like kind of like served no purpose, which, and I did not like the movie, but the book is fantastic. So we need to do World War Z right, make it into a limited series. Yes. I, I think I remember liking the movie, but it's been a long time. I'm far removed from it now. I probably, I just remember it like being like very PG-13. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, it's more political in the book. Like it's kind of like the geopolitical aspects too. And I feel like that just got lost in translation completely. And I think they were just building off the zombie craze uh, from like The Walking Dead and like, didn't do anything that made the book special so it was a bummer a bummer of a movie but um i feel like they still they still have time we're still far deep enough that people still care about zombies right yeah i mean i don't know you tell uh, us listeners i mean i guess walking dead's still popular i don't know um just got canceled (laughs) but they're like they went on a long long time Oh my god, I know. But they're like not really canceling it. They're like ending The Walking Dead, but they're like continuing another show with. They have like two more spinoffs. Like they have like Fear the yeah. Walking Dead and like there's another one coming out, which I don't know the name of. But I gave up like last season. I'm like I'm done. I can't do this oh anymore. My god. It was one of the best decisions I ever made was giving up on that show because <laughs> I it takes a lot for me to give up on a TV show. But it got to the point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. Just too many like characters and too much going on and like yeah i think we've lost like i'm just like we've lost focus here somewhere and it's just yeah um but yeah that's but yeah i actually i i would like to see um a world war z show i think that would be or a series limited series i think that'd be really good um what's his name max what's what's the author's name max um brooks it's mel brooks's son yeah mel brooks's son yeah gotta hit him up get the get the rights i know um, Matt, what movie based on the novel would you remake as a TV limited series instead? So, um, in honor of my dad, who was a huge fan of this, um, and I know we always kind of wanted to see this, uh, we mentioned it on the podcast a couple weeks ago when we were talking about um, uh, Lovecraft Country. Um, I would love to see a mini series or a well done show of John Carter of Mars. Oh yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. Um, the Edgar Rice Burroughs books 
um, just expand so far in like, you know, mythology and different, you know, different, like, like the sci-fi aspect is great, but like, there's also like fantasy, romance, drama, there's horror, there's like everything in John Carter. Um, so many like interesting characters, so many awesome, it just could be such an awesome show. Like the CGI alone would be like just amazing. Like I, I'm, I'm talking like if we had like an unlimited budget here, it could be so good. I think Disney like really screwed up. Um, like they just, they just did not do John Carter justice and it deserves justice. It's, it's, it's an icon in the sci-fi community. Um, he is an icon and the princess of Mars is an icon. So uh, yeah, Disney, Disney Plus, where you at? Yes. Well, let's. I would hope we wouldn't like Disneyify it and like make it like like what they did for kids. I'm hoping like uh, if they did like a show, like make it more like The Mandalorian, where it's like that's that's what I was thinking of. I was like, oh, I can do The Mandalorian, right? Yeah, like Mandalorian style. So yeah, I think that would be cool. So I apologize if some audio cuts here real quick, but I have to put my headphones in because I just realized you had yours in and I didn't and oh okay. do you want to I promise this has a movie tie but do you want to know why I have my headphones in no um because my water heater is currently broken and broken and my building is working on it but every couple minutes the um beeper on the water heater like beeps and like only the maintenance can fix it and mm -hmm. it is so painfully annoying <laughs> so i don't want the sound to pick up on it if i don't have the headphones in um yeah. so i have a consistent beeping noise and no hot water oh my god i know so i and this has been going on for several days now uh and so i had to take a uh bath um and i the only way i can take a hot bath is by boiling water on the stove and then like putting it into the bathtub, um, which is a trick that I learned from the movie Moonlight. But you're supposed to feel sorry for them in Moonlight because they are in poverty. <laughs> and, like I'm relegated to this until I get my water heater fixed. <sighs> well, um, speaking, my of, life. <laughs> speaking of personal problems, let's talk about devil all the time. <laughs> Um, or do you want to do a, what are you watching? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we can also. I was like, wait, wasn't that, wasn't that a, what we're watching? No, no. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about what we're watching. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so now we'll move on to our segment. Yeah. <laughs> or we move on to um, more Andrew's personal problems. Um, what are you watching? So now we're going to, it's, it's our time for a, uh, to, to get on our pedestals and talk about what it is we're watching or playing or doing in general media so, we're consuming media yes uh, so andrew what are you watching um uh, i watched the new documentary on uh, amazon prime all in the fight for democracy with stacy abrams uh, uh which was you. fantastic Look at you, how woke you are okay so um i watched this intentionally i was always planning on watching it um but moments before I put it on is like when we got the news that um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had passed away. Um, so clearly was uh, devastated. And um, I also um, 
did not want to go online and I still, um, as we're recording this on Sunday, I've been avoiding news and social media because I just can't bring myself to look at it. Uh, and, um, but so the documentary, which is like all about voting rights, um, goes kind of like in depth about the, the 2013 case that kind of gutted the Voting Rights Act of which like uh, RBG wrote the dissenting opinion, um, which she talked about like uh, getting rid of the Voting Rights Act is like throwing out the, throwing out an umbrella in the middle of a rainstorm because you're not getting wet. Uh, and which is like number one, great writing. Um, and uh, number two, true. Uh, so this um, all in was all about um, voting rights and kind of like voter suppression and like the efforts that uh, throughout history that people have gone through uh, to suppress voters like since the founding of our country. And I thought it was just like a really sort of interesting perspective, um, especially because like kind of like don't think about this stuff or don't learn this stuff like when you're a kid. So it was like a really good re-history lesson. Um, and it also like put against the backdrop of 2020 um, and like a lot of the voter suppression that goes on today. Um, so it was pretty timely watch, all tied into Stacey Abrams and the voter suppression that goes on to Georgia. So um, I thought it was great. And like this, if it weren't so timely, like you should probably, if you're gonna watch it, you should probably watch it before the 2020 election day. Um, if it weren't so timely, I feel like this would be something that they would show in classrooms 100%. But um, it's on Amazon Prime, and yeah. I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned um, like that's something we're not taught because I just feel like the American school system is like kind of set up right, like to make white people seem like the heroes like of this country, and we don't really learn about like voter suppression or like yeah, like anything like that. Like we just we don't we don't learn like. Like we learn about like our fight, like our fight for the Revolutionary War and like the right to vote, like that, you know, our founding fathers and like we fought to vote, you know, in the Civil War, but like we don't really like learn like currently like why we're still fighting to vote. And I think that's a big problem in like the school system is that like, yes, there is still suppression out there. There's still real racism out there. And like, no, not all white people are great people. <laughs> like, it's like, stop trying to make like, all the icons out there, you know, white, white. Yeah, so. they, one of the statistics that like really jumped out at me and I never really put into context before, even though I knew it in the movie. So they talk about like when they wrote the constitution, um, like who had the right to vote. Oh, by the way, the words right to vote are like never in the constitution. But yeah. um, uh, so the people who got to vote um, were white, male property owners, which I knew, but when they put, the movie put this into context, they're like, that was 6% yeah. of Americans. So like, if you want to talk about a true representative democracy, like that's not representative of all the people, of we the people. So, um, and then like, obviously over time, um, you, can, you get more and more of the right to vote then like, black men get the right to vote and you know women so um and still today 
like people's votes being discounted um, or trying to get them discounted for whatever reason. Um, so, um, so yeah, so like seeing those like kind of numbers in hindsight, like makes sense. Like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you just kind of learned the like white male property owners and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, never thought about that. And it's like, oh, wow, that's yeah. 6%. That is not a lot yeah. <laughs> of people. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and, and when you think like, <laughs> when you think like back then too, like the 6% of a, pop, of a way less population than we have now, it's like very, it's like, you can't even call that a representative democracy. I don't, I don't know what you call it, but it's more like an oligarchy if you really think about it. But um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I need to check that out. I, that's, that's, that kind of stuff is very interesting to me. It was interesting. And um, all this like makes it sound like it's super dark and like uh, there's no hope for our future. Um, but it's actually quite uplifting, I found, um, because it's more about, like, the fight to, like, continue and to push on and, like, it's worth it. So, um, especially after finding out that RBG had passed away, it was, like, a good, it was kind of, like, what I needed, sort of, <laughs> to hear instead yeah. of, like, wallowing. Um, like, you gotta, like, keep going. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a good um, time to watch it. Yeah, I heard a good time that way. I heard a good quote about um, RBG, and I can't remember it too. It was like um, something like, for as you know, powerful of a person that she was, or like where she got to be, like she really had a struggle to get there because she already had, you know, three strikes against her, and like she really shouldn't have, in like this free country, like she, you know, she was a woman. She was a Jew, um, and something else. I can't remember the third thing, but um, but yeah, like it's it's just like when can we get to the point in this country where like we aren't labeling people and we aren't <laughs> people aren't fighting to for uh, to make a name for themselves because they are X, Y, and Z. You know, black, a woman, gay, whatever, what have you. We should get to a point in this country where you know <laughs> you get in trouble because of decisions you made, like you falsified your taxes or whatever, not because of who you are, you know, things you can't help. So it's like, I'm sick of like us having the conversation. We need to like move to action. And like, I'm hoping like <laughs> when we get the older generation out of there and the millennials come in, hopefully we can make some kind of change, but it's just like, ugh. Um, so yeah, that's, it's a, that's a, great documentary or a great um what are you watching and i feel like i should have gone first because mine is a little um less serious and a little more fun i promise it's it's serious <laughs> it's not like i promise it's not it's entertaining it's an entertaining movie okay cool so, so all right speaking so. of entertainment what are you watching that um so i think you know what i'm watching i was uh really excited for this i don't know why because i was i was expecting it um I, it's it's what you expect. I, I'm watching Ratchet on Netflix. Um, and how bad is it? It's not terrible. Okay. <laughs> it's not terrible. Um, it's not great. <laughs> um, but it's not bad. Uh, I was looking forward to it because, you know, I literally am like fresh off of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, Go back and listen to our episode if you need <laughs> to know. <laughs> yeah, like to know why. Here. We recorded um, earlier this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> 
so Sarah Paulson is like, you know, she's plays Sarah Paulson. She's fine. Um, but the story is like, it can be better. Like they make her out to be like, I, I'm like seven and a half episodes and I'm like on the final episode. And like they, in typical Ryan Murphy fashion, like starts off as like, you know, she's the typical like baddie, like you're gonna hate her. But like by the end, she's like the hero of the show. I'm like, well, it's called Ratchet. But like, she's not a good person. She's a very evil woman. She's one of like the most iconic villains like of all time. And I shouldn't like speak for like, I finished the show yet because it may change, but like they make her seem like to be a very likable person. And like, she's gone through all these struggles and like, like to be liked at the end. And I don't want to ruin anything for anyone, but like, it's just, and of course there's like the gay aspect too. Like there's a, there's like everyone on the show's gay. Like everyone's, you know, all the, all the characters, there's like no, there's like one straight relationship and that's it. And I'm like, like, you know, it's very like risque back in like the forties and they all had to hide it. And it's just like, come on, dude. Like not everybody is like, not everybody has to be gay in your shows, but like every like main character is gay. And it's, you know, he just makes it very blatantly obvious that. <clears throat> um, um, I hear there's like uh, puppet torture porn. Yeah, a little bit. There's right? like a, there's like a, um, I don't want to ruin anything, but there's like a scene where like her and like her girlfriend at the time, like of course Nurse Ratch is gay. Um, they like go to this like puppet show because the girlfriend likes puppets. Like it reminds her of her childhood. And like while they're watching the show, like Ratchet kind of like sees the puppets as like, like the show in her mind turns to like how her and her brother were like molested as children or like, oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. It's, you know, Ryan Murphy's so weird. He's so freaking weird. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not sure if this is um, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest officially approved, but. <laughs> And it's a series. It's not a limited series. It yeah. is a full series. Like there, it was picked up for a second season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see. I, 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 I don't know. I, I'll, I'll watch it. I guess just for sheer like dumb entertainment. They, um, I'm like a little hesitant to the show because, like, part of what makes Nurse Ratchet such a great villain is sort of like who she represents, like she's so bad because she's the system right and doing everything like the way that like they demand it instead of like actually seeing people as people and so like in a way it's not nurse ratchet who's the villain it's the system right and yeah. so um so it's like very kind of like curious that they would make this tv show about this way yeah yeah it's like I don't know where they're gonna go with that, if at yeah. all. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I don't know. the The show's like, like her boss is like, like the head doctor of the, the um, hospital. You find out later, it like isn't even a, like an actual doctor. He's like a, he's like a hack, and like, <clears throat> you find out later, like he did some horrible things to like this person, and, um, like now like like Sharon Stone's character, is like. Oh, yeah, wants his head on a silver silver platter. Yeah, she she looks the older she gets, the more she looks like Madonna. It's, it's weird. Um, maybe she'll be in the new Madonna movie. Maybe who knows? Madonna is self directing and self writing her autobiographical uh, movie. Not writing. Diablo Cody's writing it. 
which is a great. Is he really? Yeah. I thought she was like writing it with, or she was like co-writing. Or maybe she is. Maybe she is co-writing. She's definitely directing it. Um, yeah. But I know Diablo Cody's. Oh, thank one God. Of the, yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, I know. <laughs> like, there's because if it was all coming from Madonna, it would be a little questionable. But yeah, uh, didn't Elton John write? He wrote Rocket Man. I don't know, right? if, he has, I don't know if he has writing credit, but um, he's definitely. He's involved somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that can be sometimes good, sometimes bad. We'll yeah, see. I think Madonna. I, I think people like Madonna and Elton John are like of <clears throat> themselves enough that they might be able to just show some restraint in their yeah. filmmaking. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, so speaking of restraint in filmmaking. Oh my god! I know. I was like trying to think of a segue, and the best that I had was. Sarah Paulson was in a book that I thought should have been a miniseries too. <laughs> um, so, Sarah Paulson was in a book. Or, or she played a character, <laughs> Goldfinch, which, like, I think would have made oh, a yeah. great miniseries. Um, oh yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, that wasn't the other one that I was thinking of. P.S. The other one I was thinking of was Cloud Atlas. Um, but I genuinely think that movie's okay. But I think it would make a better miniseries. Um, I've never seen Cloud Atlas. Oh. Um, oh wait, no, I have. I'm thinking of Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> oh yeah, oh my yeah. God. No, I have seen Cloud Atlas. I doubt I'll watch that. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, books, books that are now movies that could be miniseries. Devil yeah. all the time. Uh, the new uh, um, Appalachian uh, Gothic movie ensemble movie available on Netflix now, starring Tom Holland. Uh, Robert Pattinson, Sebastian Sam, Mia Vasikovska, uh, Eliza Scanlon, whole bunch of people. Yeah. So um, big, uh, big cast. Probably what it's like most known for is the big strength of its cast. Um, and don't get attached to any of the characters. So, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, uh, we will. Uh, Yes, definitely get into that. And it's based off the 2011 book by Donald Ray Pollock, who also is the narrator of the movie. Um, oh, I should I should say it's a novel. To clarify, yeah. this isn't based off a true story. Um, but can, what can you please enlighten our audience about what the difference is? Because I did not know there was a difference. Oh, like a book and novel. Yeah. Oh, like I mean, a novel is a book, but like. Um, it's a not, it's um, a fiction book, um, but like I feel, I I only say that because like I've gotten in trouble, quote unquote, in trouble in the past where people ask me like what my favorite book is, and then I answer with a novel or something, and they're like, oh no, I meant like nonfiction. So like sometimes when people say the word book, what they really mean is oh my god, I would slap them. I don't know. Oh why, my but, god. Yeah, I, it was like um, I, it's I, not I a book, really it's a dumb. novel, like. Yeah. Get off your college high horse. Get I know, and I felt like really dumb, and I was like, I promise like, really? I read a lot. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not somebody who doesn't, like, read anything. So, yeah. um, I don't know. Like, all novels are books, but... Um, not all books are novels. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, But, cool. like, when people say the word book, I think more... 
most sometimes they're thinking of nonfiction. I don't know. This is like a personal thing. I was only doing that because I felt like really embarrassed when somebody asked me that and I answered with a novel and they were like, oh, I meant nonfiction. I would tell them to shove it and walk away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's the that's, only reason I say that. But like, I, I did notice that like I was on Wikipedia because I was looking at former best adapted screenplay and I realized every time it was a non-fiction book, they called it a book. But every time it was a novel, they called it a novel. So it was like, interesting. Anyway, cool. that's fun fact. It's not even that fun, but. Yeah, no, not really. No, it's, no, it's, good. <laughs> no, it's good to know. Um, well, I'm glad I'm talking to you about this because you actually read the. I read the novel, which I have a copy read the novel. It up right here, right next to me, in yes. case I need to reference it throughout the course of this podcast. Um, yes. But before we get deep, deep into the book and the story um, about these Appalachian folks in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, uh, should we do 10 words, review in 10 words or fewer? Sure. I'm definitely not ready this week. Um, mine's pretty, uh, mine's pretty quick. Um, do you want me to go first and stall for you? Sure. Okay. Um, and this will be um, a common theme throughout the episode because I'll probably be referencing the book a lot. I'm sorry, novel. A lot. Um, but my 10 words or fewer is um, a messy but serviceable adaptation. Okay. Uh, sorry, I'm counting my words. <laughs> <That's what Yeah. laughs> um, okay, so mine is, I'm not an idiot. Please don't read the book to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're getting at because it's my biggest criticism. That was 11 words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Please don't read the book, period. Oh, yeah. no, no, because that sounds bad. Yeah. Um, uh, we'll hyphenate one of those words for you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay. How about just, I'm not an idiot. Yeah. Um, let's go, like, let's say spoilers for here on out, because I feel like this movie gets really spoilery really quickly. Like, if you say something that happens in the beginning, it'll have effects on the end too. So um, some pretty like shocking stuff how like happens pretty early on. So I would say if you're really interested, watch the movie first or, um, or read the book, uh, both. But like, if you don't want to know anything, I would pause now and come back after you've watched the movie or read the book. Um, Cause we're about to get into it. Spoiler alert, you've been warned. Sure. All right. Um, so I assume what you were talking about in your 10 words or fewer was the narration in the movie. Yeah. Oh, God, the narration drove me up a freaking wall. I, I was so put off. Yeah. Yeah, I was so put off by all the narration. Like, I felt like, I, I literally felt like the, like, you were reading an audiobook to me while I was watching the movie. Like, I don't need the over the overall narration. Like, you don't need to, like, spell out every little thing for me. Like, that's not, like, that's my job as the viewer, like, to put this together. Like, I don't need, like, 
like the narrator explaining one transition to the other, like, well, well, uh, Tommy thought, thought Mia didn't do a really nice thing to him. And I'm like, come on. I love that and, you use both the actors' names. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Arvin was thinking real some real dirty thoughts of Helen, and he shouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. Uh, Sounded like Tim Blake Nielsen. <laughs> I hate the narration, and it was like my number one concern about the movie, and it ended up being like such a barrier um, to get past, and I like almost i hope somebody makes an edit of this movie that they literally just strip the entire narration because i think it would <laughs> improve the movie tenfold uh it breaks the problem with the narration is it breaks the number one rule of screenwriting which is show don't tell and yeah. it tells like everything that's going on and i have like a problem with this especially in this movie because the cast is so good like the cast like everyone all the actors i think are excellent and like well cast but they and they is like the top appeal of the movies like looking at like how good everyone is how much how likable all this all these actors are and having a narration explain characters thoughts over like over them on screen undermines your actors. And it undermines your it undermines your actors like ability to express nuanced emotions in any sort of meaningful way, which as we just expressed, all of these actors are really good. They are all capable of showing like interesting emotions and complex emotions without somebody having to ha without having a voiceover explain what's in their heads. So that's really annoying um, and unfortunate for the cast. Yeah, like this narration could work in like the remake of The Lion King, but not here. <laughs> I know. Um, and it's the author of the book that does the narration. So. Oh, really? Yeah, it's Donald Ray Pollock. Oh, um, and they basically, so the director is uh, Antonio Campos. And the only mm. other movie that he's directed that I've seen is the movie Christine, which is based off the live on-air suicide of Christine Chubbuck, um, the newscaster. So, um, which is a decent movie. It's on Hulu. Um, but, like, clearly he's, like, into some dark stuff. Um, and I think he's a good director. Like, I think this movie's decently directed. Um, but I don't think like the screenwriting was like serviceable. And he also co-wrote the screenplay with his brother, Paulo um, Campos. Uh, and I think like with a better screenwriter, it would have um, translated a little bit better, but like, I don't know. Um, the narration did not work for me whatsoever. So. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was not good. Um... And I, yeah, I thought the overall, like, story was, um, going back to, like, what we were talking about earlier with making a series out of books, like, this would have been a very good, like, even, a, like, a good, like, eight-episode show on HBO. I just feel like everything was, like, it was just one thing after another after another. And I don't know if that's, like, because I'm used to it because of, like, because of shows like Sharp Objects or, like, Watchmen or whatever, but, like, 
I just feel like adaptations of books like this, like really deserve like, um, like a mini series treatment. Yeah. Um, like I, yeah. So I've like thought a lot about this because like, I kind of agree. Um, but I've like, have found myself thinking that more and more often recently because we've seen so many good successes mm. in like books being adapted to miniseries like Sharp Objects, for example, or Big Little Lies. Um, and, and I think that like is more a reflection of like how novels are structured. Like their structure, especially ensemble casts, they're like structured in a way where a lot of times you shift character points of view and that's like difficult to show on screen without it being jarring in a sort of way like over the course of a two hour this movie is two hours and 18 minutes but like over the course of a two hour plus movie like you have to shift focus a lot um and in a book that's like fine because like you know you're going to be coming back to it but in a movie, it because it's broken down by chapter. Um, but like in a movie, it's like a one continuous thing, and it's like much more difficult to make it seem seamless. Um, but in a mini series, limited series, you are still broken down by episode. So like again, you like know it's something you're kind of like coming back to a little bit. So it's it's easier to like break it down in a chapter sense. And I think that's why novels have translated really well in miniseries and it's becoming, I think, more and more difficult to adapt them. Uh, yeah. Well like so miniseries that we have more time to learn about, to know characters and learn characters and learn their backstories, right? And in Devil of Time, you have, we're in spoiler territory, but you have barely any time to know anyone before they're just shot, killed, or brutally murdered. And it's like, I just feel like that just made everything so rushed. And I would have liked, I would have liked to like have more time to get to know Bill Skarsgård's character or more time to get to know um, whoever else, Jason Clark totally. or whoever. Yeah. yeah, like they're, like, I got it. I, they're great. Condensed. Fast is great. It's yeah. very condensed. And I just, I wanted more development. I wanted more of each character. And like, I think like, I don't like, like shows like Lovecraft Country, like, I think that would be fine. It's just like a two and a half hour movie. I like, I don't like going into the territory it's going in now, like shows like that can be movies just fine. But like, this I I feel like deserved a, a longer a better treatment. I, I just didn't think it got it it yeah it didn't get what it what it should have. So tying both this criticism and the narration criticism together is perfect by one care or a couple characters and one storyline, um, and that's like Helen who's like played by Mia Vasikovska. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Again, we're in spoiler spoiler territory. But remind me to talk to ask you a question when you're done because I, okay. yes. I have a weird thing about like a yeah. scene with her. Okay. Um, okay. So one of the best things about the book is this overlying sense of dread that like you know like bad stuff is gonna happen. Like you can just sense it, like the obviously in the way that the words that the author chooses, but like 
you like know something bad is like constantly gonna happen. And in the storyline of Helen, who marries like a preacher who's kind of like a snake oil salesman preacher, played by Harry Melling, Roy. Um, and Back to a deadly. Dudley, yeah, Dudley Dursley. <laughs> our second um, time for our yeah, I know, this is our second movie with Dudley um, in recent weeks. And Netflix yeah. would be at that. Um, uh, so they, like, they get married and, oh my God, their storyline, their storyline is the one that's condensed the most. Um, like, I was shocked at how quickly they killed Roy. Like, Roy doesn't die till the end of the book, by the way. <laughs> In, um, um, but he dies, like, really quickly. They, they sped that up so quickly. But in the book, okay, um, oh, it's so good. So Roy has a partner who's his cousin who is um, uh, in a wheelchair, um, Theodore. And um, Roy believes that he loses his like powers and his touch like with God. And so he locks himself in a closet to try and like regain his like faith, like with God. And he's like, God, send me a sign. Tell me what to do. I don't know what to do anymore. And because he locks himself in the closet for two weeks, he starts to believe that he can raise the dead. Like, like he literally believes that he can bring beings back to life. And in the book, Theodore, his cousin in a wheelchair, is in love with Roy. And like, is yes, yes. <laughs> and it's so fucked up. And it's like, right, it's like, this is what makes like the book so good. It's like, that is messed up. I love it. Like, let's keep reading. Um, and is he's like in love with Roy, but Roy is married to Helen. And so Roy emerges from this closet and believing he can raise the dead. And he tells, um, he tells Theodore about it. And like, Theodore is like, great let's kill Helen. And like, you, like, and then you can raise her from the dead. And then like, he like plants the seed in, in Roy's head. And Roy's like, okay, I think I'm going to do it. And then you spend like a good, I don't know, maybe 15 pages or so. And like, you're nervous for Helen because like Helen's obviously a good person. And, but there's this sense of dread throughout this part, this part of the book where you're like, oh my God, like something bad's gonna happen. Like, is Helen gonna escape? I don't know. Like what, like what could go, like what's gonna happen? And in the movie, they, the way that they do it, they edit it in a way where you have one scene with Helen and then they show Helen and they're like, and Helen never saw her baby again. And then like 20 minutes later, she's murdered and you kind of, the, the way that the movie goes is like a sense of mystery. It's like, why isn't she like going to see her baby again? Whereas in the book, like, you know, Roy is going to try and kill Helen. And like, you're just like, oh God, this is going to end badly. This is going to end badly. But like, they try, they substitute it for a sort of false sense of mystery. And it's like not it kind of like gives it away in a sort of sense of like you expect something bad to happen. And so that whole um, atmosphere is completely ruined. Like the tension is completely gone 
of that storyline. And I think that is like reflected in the whole movie writ large. Like it's kind of devoid of tension and like the book is filled with tension. Um, so anyway, um, without, <laughs> that was, that was just the Roy <laughs> Helen piece. And that's resolved pretty quickly in the movie, but like yeah. that extends, like that has deep repercussions in the book. Yeah, so like there's a scene where Roy just like stabs Helen. I, I like, uh, there was no context. Like you were just, like you just put it into context for me. Like, okay, that makes sense. That is like, that is a lot more chilling and a lot more eerie and like just way more descriptive than like the movie could have ever been. Because there's so much going on. There's so many different They just characters. go for the shock factor. They just go they're for like, the shock value, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, Mia Vasikovska, a semi-big actress, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and then they're like, they're like, we're going to kill her off, like, really quickly. You're going to be shocked. Yeah. <laughs> and, but if we, again, like, we had, like, the, the treatment of the limited series treatment of this, like, we could have more of what you just explained. And which is something that would just like, oh, that would just disturb me so much. And I think that would come yeah, off it's really disturbing. well. Like, I didn't find this movie like that disturbing, but the book is super disturbing. Yeah, because when you were telling me about it earlier, I was like getting ready for this movie that's going to just be like horrendous, like like in a gory gory sort of way. And I just like, it's kind of like, yeah, I've seen this before. Yeah. Like, I know, but like, if you say some of these things out loud, like it sounds horrible and like that's why like the book is so good like there's a preacher who um eats spiders oh like roy goes on to like start he um joins uh, a circus like a freak show and then he mm. like his thing is like he eats spiders and stuff yeah. um anyway but like this like spider eating preacher who believes he can raise the dead like that is cool but like the way that the movie does it it's like it's tamed in a sort yeah. of way. Or like there's this couple that like takes pictures with people like in sexual positions yeah. and then rips their dicks off. It's like Yeah, yeah. Like, like oh my god, that is so messed oh. up. But like the book or in the movie, it's kind of like, yeah, this yeah. is just like the way it is. Yeah, but again, like that's another like whole plot, like a separate plot in and of itself. Which again, like there's and I like I don't know if just it's it's just because we're just so used to the limited series now, but like again, like that whole plot was just like yes it was disturbing but not really i mean just it was there like uh, yeah. they i feel like so sandy and carl i feel okay so arvin who's played by tom holland is like without a doubt the main character in the book. Yeah. um but like sandy and carl are close seconds like they take up like almost 50 percent of the time too and i feel like they're kind of relegated to way more supporting than they are um they're like much less complex, I think, in in the movie. Um, like Sandy is kind of like reduced to this like woman who just wants to leave her quasi abusive husband, and um, Carl is barely a character at all in the movie. But like in the book, he is like somebody who truly believes like what he's doing is art. And like, you feel that, like you feel that sense of like his borderline necrophilia. It's not, it's not quite necrophilia, 
but like this borderline obsession with like dead bodies, dead male bodies in particular, is yeah. like um, it's like so messed up. And like he in the movie is kind of like reduced to like a villain for like villain's sake, but like again, like everyone's the hero of their own story. So like in the book, he like truly believes like what he's doing like will be respected and like is justified. Um, but he's like just a villain for villain's sake in the movie. So it's, yeah. it's less of a character, a full blown character. Yeah, well, I just, you know, it, essentially in the end, everyone is, is a villain and di dies, yeah. And yeah. Is a yeah. I mean, no, there's no like good people in this movie, <laughs> um, with the exception of like Arvin's mom. <laughs> I know. Um, so like, I loved the story, and I still stand by the story. Like, I think the story is so good, um, um, and like, basically, what it's telling is how violence and religion are passed down from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. This is like book ended by. World War II and the Vietnam War. Yeah. It's like violence. Um, like how, how PTSD is like a real thing. And like, just back then it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't even termed. It was, yeah. Um, and that actually is um, my favorite storyline in the book. Like, yes, there are like pockets of storylines, but um, Willard, who plays um, Arvin's father, played by Bill Skarsgård. Like, I think that storyline's so cool. Like, and I knew instantly when I started reading the book, because it kind of like starts off with this story. I was like, oh my God, this book is so good. Um, when they like start going kind of like in depth and like the horrors that he saw in the South Pacific and like coming back to Southern Ohio and um, kind of trying to start a family. And, but then his wife gets cancer <laughs> yeah uh, so um and then like raising little arvin and then he yeah does himself. oh my god like the prayer log the prayer log is so messed up like the idea of the prayer log and i feel like you barely scratch the surface of like how messed up the prayer log is like in in the book they um yes he the movie, like, they kill a dog to sacrifice um, to try and save the mom. Um, but, like, in the book, they kill so many animals. Oh, really? And, like, the entire thing is, like, the entire prayer log is just, like, rotted with, like, animal carcass, like, blood everywhere. And it's, like, disgusting. And you can, oh. like, feel it. Like, you can feel the sense of the thing. And the movie kind of, like, just goes for the emotional part. I, I shouldn't say just um, when they kill the dog, because the dog is the biggest thing. Like, is is the biggest thing that um, they kill. But, like, um, it makes, yeah. like, the prologue a little less disgusting in the sort of way. And I feel like it wasn't that disgusting in the book, or in the movie. Yeah. See, I didn't, I didn't get that the dog was shot because they were trying to save the mom. Like, it's a sacrifice. I know, it's I, blinking, you miss it. Like, it's so quick. I didn't get so, that, and yeah. I'm glad you explained it to me, because, like, I'm like, now, like, oh, now that makes sense. Um, but, and like... Yet, like, that builds his character, that builds Willard, like, Bill Skarsgård, into, like, makes him, like, more complex. Like, he comes back a, a soldier 
then maybe like PTSD and then he turns into like a religious zealot. Like he even has a character progression in a very short period of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I thought like- Sorry, I keep interrupting. <laughs> no, 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 you're fine. Uh, no, again, it's like, it's great that like, you have a perspective on this that I don't. Like I'm, I'm like watching this as like a first time viewer, a first time reader um, and you know, you, you read the book, so maybe like I should start like reading the book first before before I watch movies because I I read I, this I read this I get one. like a different perspective. Yeah, this one was like a really quick read, um, and uh, like I'm like looking at my copy, and a lot of my copies of my books are like really well worn, and this is like barely worn at all because I read it so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like I, I really liked how. Um, so I thought. There are two scenes, like, in particular, like, speaking of, like, Bill Skarsgård's character, like, um, the scene where, like, young Arvin, like, literally watched, like, his dad, like, beat the absolute crap out of these people, like, in front of his eyes was like, oh, my God, that's just, oh, that is so, like, gruesome. That's um, the opening scene of... That's the, the opening novel. scene, yeah, and I was like, oh, you've really... Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you've really set the stage here. And then um, I, I want to, like, the, there's, like, one scene that, like, like, really got me where like the narration absolutely ruined and that is the death of Eliza Scanlon's character. Yes, yes, I'm so yeah. pissed because I was, I'm so pissed that they kept the narration at that point. Yeah, um, and I was like, I was like, this scene is like, it's like, it's probably like one of like the worst scenes. Like it's not even like that gruesome, but to me it was like, it was like her death was just so awful. Um, and like the narration over it was like, um, it was just, it was just so bad. It was, yeah. um, they were like, they, like, well, Lenora, she, in the middle of hanging herself, she changed her mind and, oh, look, oh, she slipped. Oh, guess she died. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, dude. Like, they leave no ambiguity. Like, yeah, like, let and, us figure that out. And like, and I feel like that is an easy way to show like on screen of like wondering that about like Eliza Scanlon could have like a look on her face where she's like, maybe I don't want to do this. And then she like accidentally yeah. like falls off. Like I don't need a voiceover telling me like what she's thinking. Like you can express that like sort of motion. I could do it right now. Like a look of changing your mind. Like yeah. it's easy to show on screen. Yeah, like um, you were a professional actor, let them do their job. We don't need you telling us what she's feeling because we yeah. can see it on her face. And like and she's an and amazing actor of debate, and then that's like something that you could like talk about and makes a more interesting movie. And it's like, so do you think that Lenora meant to kill herself or not? Like that's something you could talk about like after the the movie, and like you can't really talk about it anymore because it's like it's decided because the narration said so. Yeah. So yeah. So that really like agree. That really kind of did it in for me, and like yeah. I just, I just I wanted to enjoy it. I really did, but I just. Uh, it just didn't work for me, so. Um, I really, like, this might be the fact that I read the book, but, like, the movie really flew by for me. Like, um, I think it's because I really liked the story, and I was, like, more attuned to the stuff that they cut out. Mm. <laughs> then I was like, oh, wow, they, like, okay, wow, we're speeding this up. Um, and... Um, that like it really just kind of like flew by for me and so I was like okay I was like even though I have like major reservations with it the fact that it like went by really quickly yeah. I think it's like probably a good sign that like I was entertained throughout and I think that is 
but it's solely riding, I think, on the fact of that it's a good story and they're good actors. Yeah, I'll tell you the last movie or the last book I read right before I saw the movie, like completely ruined the experience for me because I had the same like thought, like it was just so sped up because I had read the book. I'm like, I know it was coming next. I know it was coming next. And it was like, what is missed? It, it was Shutter Island. Um, and so, oh, yeah. yeah, and like, it just, it kind of like ruined the whole experience of the movie for me because like it, again, because like I had, like I had known what was coming next and I was anticipating like the next scene and the next scene and the next scene even though the movie like wasn't that great, like at all. Um, so I like bad from that. I'm like, I'm never gonna read a book right before I see a movie ever again. Cause I just, yeah. so, like, it'll just ruin it for me. Uh, well, and I don't, and I'm, and I'm not advocating not reading books, which you should read books, but like, I like to give it a little bit of time. <laughs> but the thing is when they do it well, they knock it out of the park. Like I think about something, um, like, like I just read, I read Little Women right before the book. I literally finished it the day that I saw the movie. Um, and I was like, oh my God, they did that perfectly. Like read Little Women, I was like, that was an absolute perfect adaptation. Um, another Eliza Scanlon movie. Um, and I was like also looking, I was like looking at my bookshelf and like other books that I think are like perfect adaptations. Like um, the movie Gone Girl is like a perfect adaptation of the book. Uh, and so like, it can be done. <laughs> so there are plenty of examples and recent examples of like people adapting a book and staying true to the spirit of the story and keeping all the plot points and like making it into a great movie. So it's, um, <laughs> it's just hard. I think it's just like a, a lesson, like making a movie is hard. <laughs> yeah, one little women work as a series, limited series. Maybe, like, um, because like Little Women split into two parts too, um, they, it might, um, yeah. I mean, like, I really think like any novel could probably work as a mini series. Just like thinking about it because you get more time to spend like with the Yeah, yeah. So, um, um, I also, I, yeah, I, I mentioned I wanted you to remind me of something. Uh, there's a scene. Oh my god, and I forgot. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. There's... <laughs> I'm horrible. I'm horrible co-host and friend. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, there's a scene where you had mentioned it briefly, um, where Helen drops the baby off at the mother, her mom's mother-in-law, whoever she is, grandma. Um, Emma. Yeah, as she says, she'll never see the baby again. And then a couple scenes later, you see her walking back with the baby to the house. And I'm like, this is the only time where there's like nonlinear editing and you're going back and cutting to like a previous scene. And like, that wasn't explained at all. And I was just like, so confused. And I'm like, wait a second, this just came out of nowhere. Did that throw you off at all? Like, well, not that you read no, the book, but- No, agree, hard agree. There was yeah. no need for that first scene. Again, yeah. we already talked about how the narration didn't work. So like, they didn't need to do that. But like the way that the scene is spliced, I, this probably doesn't make sense if you haven't seen it, but for those who have, like she's reading a postcard that comes from Willard and like she's reading the text of the postcard. Like, and these scenes only take place like 10 minutes apart. Like, I think we could have cut that first scene where she's reading the postcard and still remembered what the text of the postcard <laughs> said 10 minutes later. <laughs> like, we're not that dumb. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Like I, I just thought that was like it really like undermined poor. the viewer's intelligence. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was like a really poor like director choice. Like I think I I completely agree. Like that was so, a bad that was a bad choice. Yeah. <laughs> this movie was uh, all sorts of nepotism. Um, yeah. Even though I promise, in Antonio Campos, if you're listening, I actually did like your movie, like you as a director. Um, but his his wife was the editor of this movie and his brother was a co-writer so this was a family affair through and through uh but uh yeah i I don't want to like make it sound like i hated the movie which i certainly did not hate it um i just yeah i'm actually kind i'm like mixed to positive on this yeah i'm more mixed with tenet like i criticize because i care (laughs) 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 yeah no i I, actually i generally i um did like it like i mentioned like i the time flew by and I really do stand by the cast. I think like, I think your favorite cast member is going to depend on who like generally you like anyway, but there's, I don't think there's a weak link in the cast. Um, and like everyone that I see, like everyone's like, Oh, like Tom Holland was the best. And then I read others that are like Robert Pattinson was the best. And then they read others that are like Riley Keough was the best. And, like, I was like, guys, just, yeah. like, the cast was good. Like, <laughs> yeah. Were there any American actors in this? Oh my god, no! It's like, well, it's embarrassing how not American this. Yeah, is. like for so like Riley, Riley Keough, the granddaughter of Elvis, is the only is the only one that I can yeah cast. I'm like looking at it and I'm like, is, is Haley... Sebastian Stan American? I don't know. He oh yeah 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 Sebastian Stan is American yeah. Um, Haley Be- is is Haley Bennett American? Well, even still, like he was born, he was he's Romanian. He was born in Romania. Sebastian. Who, who's that? Oh, Sebastian Stan. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's the only American main. Yeah. Yeah. Is Eliza uh, Scanlon British? Bennett is Haley Bennett's American? Who who's British? Is Eliza Scanlon? She's Australian. She's Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah, I Haley Bennett. I think is. I think she's American. I yeah, think. I just looked her up on Wikipedia. She's born yeah. in Florida. So. Um, yeah, for a movie that's like about <laughs> America. <laughs> well, it's America. It's yeah, like... literally, it's like kind of in a weird way trying to tell the story of America, um, or at least like a forgotten part of America. Like, especially like when you think of like the fifties or like uh, like the Eisenhower era or like Vietnam. Like the first thing you think of is not. West Virginia. <laughs> so yeah. like, so I appreciate that. Like I, I like genuinely like that they're like kind of like telling the story. Yeah, there are like different like, I like different like pieces of like American like historical movies like this. Like, cause you always forget there's like other things going on in the country, like in our history, other than like, you know, what we're taught or what, whatever it is, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah, no, like they're in the special, it, has like a good like small town feel of the sense mm. of like every small town has like their own problems and they're like they're not a lot of them aren't worried about like these grander things that are going on they're like they're just like worried about like their own lives and like that's like genuinely the sign of a good story of like they're not thinking about other like other things but like they're thinking about like what's important to them in, in their lives and like this movie and like the book does a good job of like focusing that effort, I think. So, through um, that, I so I generally generally like that. Um, but um, 
yeah, I, um, I like, I keep like, I soured on it like a little bit. I think I was like pretty positive after I saw it. Like the more that I thought about it, it was like, mm, maybe I didn't like. So <laughs> certain parts, um, uh, I'm like ultimately kind of settled on mixed to positive. So, yeah, but, yeah, I'm I'm more mixed in the middle. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, so. I, I even like, I did the rare thing where I edited my letterbox review. Um, oh, like rating. I I had not done a letterbox review yet because I didn't yeah. want you to know what I thought. <laughs> I um, initially had it like a three and a half, and then I was like, I'm gonna downgrade it to a three. Um, I still want to be like relatively positive, um, uh, but I just wish they had more attention. They just like wish it had more dread, and I know it's a messed up thing to say <laughs> but no. like that is like an, an appeal of the book and the story gothic like this story is gothic to its bones and like if you strip away dread and tension like it's hardly a gothic story anymore so yeah i just wish it had more <laughs> i know and Period. like there's so many less like, narration less narration the only storyline that they give like the full sort of attention to is um, the Preston Tea Garden storyline with Robert Pattinson. That is the mm -hmm. only one that they give like the full treatment to, and um, partly in, for good reason because like that part in the book is so good too. Um, so it's like so interesting and so messed up, but. Um, but every character, just like think about that for every character that like you saw on screen, and that exists in the book. It's like it goes so in depth of of each of them. And but that is the storyline that they chose to make their a plot, so to speak. And yeah. Everything else at the behest of everything else. Everything else got sidelined. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. If you want to see. Uh bunch of superheroes going at it for each other. This is the movie for you. I know. Batman, Brutally murdering Batman. each other. Batman, Spider-Man, Winter the, Soldier. The Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. I couldn't tell if it was a, I kept like so messed up. I was like, did he gain the weight or did he <laughs> wear a fat suit? Um, well, they hit it very well. Sebastian Stan. Yeah. yeah. Which I actually thought he was like perfectly cast because I don't think Sebastian Stan has any charisma whatsoever and like this is like supposed to be a role that has no charisma so i, th I think he's think like he a great job <laughs> i think he's like fine exactly that's he like, doesn't like it's like somebody who you like like but don't love yeah i'm like okay cool like sebastian stands in this so yeah. um but yeah i i I feel like I haven't said anything positive about this movie so I should probably say some positive things because I did not hate it um, I thought Tom Holland was excellent. I think Tom Holland is going to be, not is going to be, but is really developing himself as like a, a, a great um, actor. And of course, obviously Robert Pattinson, um, good as always. Like, I think Robert Pattinson just gets better and better like in every role he does. I hated his accent. That being said, I hated his accent. I know you loved it. Um, I thought it was really annoying. So, uh, like that is like one of the things is like the movie is like kind of humorless and um, yeah. 
his accent is like a little bit over the top. And I think that's like for the best. <laughs> like, I think that like elevates the material. And I just think um, it's annoying. And like, it's the same thing in the movie, The King. I think we, we talked about this on our episode. Like his accent's like over the top in The King too. Um, and that makes that movie, another humorless movie better because of it. So um, so that's kind of why I, I like the, the accent. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I just thought it was really annoying. And I know he did not have a dialect coach at all. So he like did it all on his own. Um, which is like, like that's not why I'm hating on it. I just didn't, I just didn't like it. I just thought it was weird. Um, and like, not that it took away from anything. You're right, like it did add some kind of like light lighter element to his character um but still i just i i couldn't get past it um but yeah i thought like all the acting was great with what they were given and just great great cast great casting all around um but just overall just the movie just didn't do it for me yeah like it kind of like fails its cast yeah yeah but anyway yeah it's could have been better, but maybe I'm just like getting more, more and more critical. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, I can see why certain people under the right circumstances would love this movie. I can like genuinely see that aspect, and I think, I think your mileage is going to vary if you watch it. I think some right. people are going to hate it, and some people are like going to love it. And like, you and me, <laughs> representative of the people. Yes, uh, sir. We land in the middle. Yes. Well, speaking of um, TV, <laughs> we are 15 minutes out from the 72nd Emmy Awards. So yeah. let's go, I'm going to go get ready for that. <laughs> we'll probably share our thoughts in the next episode. We will, yes. Yes, stay tuned. Maybe we'll do a bonus episode. Uh, maybe uh, not i don't know <laughs> yeah i'm just putting it goes like <laughs> yeah we may be really excited i think it'll get like i mean watchmen's gonna win like a lot and deservedly yeah. so so yeah. Um, yeah i'm excited we'll see do you have any like predictions or things you're rooting for you want to tell people um time they listen they're gonna air <laughs> they're gonna know the winner. <laughs> i know um yeah watchmen's gonna just sweep um uh, I don't really know. Regina King, definitely going to take it. Um, <laughs> I can't think right now off the top of my head like, who the nominees are. Um, think, do you want me to tell you? Man. Sure, get, yeah. Get inspiration. Um, yeah, Watchmen's going to win Best Limited Series, um, I think. Uh, Shit's Creek is going to win Best Comedy, and Succession is going to win Best Drama. Okay. I think... Um, I think I'm going best comedy to Miss Maisel, uh, just because Miss Maisel. But that one, they had already won cinematography in the. Yeah. Um, I like so it. Um, they handed out some of the creative arts Emmys already, uh -huh. and I um, won cinematography and like that one against some like heavy dramas. So I was like, wow. Uh, yeah, I think I think a sleeper um, show you should watch out for in comedy is. Um, Insecure, that's gaining a lot of traction. Oh yeah, um, I well, won't be surprised that could, if- That could be a sleeper upset. That would be, I'd be, um, I'd be more than okay with that. I'm like yeah. not too attached to any of the comedy ones. I'm more yeah. attached to the drama. Actually, I'm mostly attached to the limited series. Like that's the category I feel most uh, passionate yeah. about. 
Yeah. Um, Succession is probably going to be best drama. I think maybe Ozark could go uh, off, but bold, bold prediction. Mandalorian might stick it, sneak, sneak in yeah, there. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> might sneak that's in there. possible, yeah. too. Like, it did well at the creative arts. Yes, that's for, what I'm basically reason, Because it's a very, like, tech-heavy show. Um, yes. But um, it'll be interesting because The Mandalorian isn't nominated for any other category that's airing tonight other than Best Drama. So, like, yep. if it wins, it'll be seemingly out of nowhere, but it already won a lot at the creative Emmys, so. Yeah. Yeah, I so don't count Mandalorian out. No, um, I agree, actually. Yeah, yeah, and um, obviously, limited series is going to be Watchmen. Like, yeah, I mean, like this is going to be the Watchmen show. Yeah. Like, Watchmen is going to take on mostly everything. Yeah, I mean, if any, if anything's going to be upset, Mrs. America possibly, but it, it'll be Watchmen. Um, so yeah, we'll see. Stay tuned, and I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. All um, right, all right. Um, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Should we tell them what our next episode is? Because it ties into yes. the Emmys. Yes. Um, my bold prediction is that Best Supporting Actress in Drama is going to be Helena Bottom Carter for The Crown. And she is going to be starring in our next episode. Uh, another Netflix movie that you can watch. Wait, um, you got Helena Bottom Carter to guess? <laughs> my God, could you imagine? Actually, you know what? Just because you said that, I'm going to find her agency mail somehow. All right, uh, the challenge send is her, yours. Send her an email. Uh, the challenge is yours. If you can get her on, bow down to you. You got Sean Whalen, so uh, I'll, well, I'll try yeah. for Helena Bottom Carter. Go for um, but she is in the new Netflix movie, uh, Anola Holmes, um, about the sister of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, and Helena Bottom Carter plays the mom. So, um, I think it looks fun. I'm kind of excited. So it should be a lighthearted, less awards-y, definitely very different from the devil all the time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm I'm yeah, it looks it looks cute. We'll see. Yeah. Cute. Yeah. It's like a good word for it. So yeah. All right, cool. The floor Thank is you for listening. My friend. Yeah, and uh, I think that's it from us. But uh, we would love to hear more from you. So let us know what you think of the podcast and what you thought of The Devil All the Time if you got the chance to watch. And send us the answers to your the question. The icebreaker that we asked at the top of the episode, what movie based on a novel would you remake as a limited uh, TV series instead? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at repeatsteppod and on Facebook at facebook.com slash stepandrepeatpod or via old school email, we are at stepandrepeatpod at gmail.com. And you can find more of our reviews on the app Letterboxd. Uh, I am at A Shine and Matt is at M Grant 1219. <laughs> and please spend a few seconds to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because those new reviews help us find new listeners. Uh, and if you drop us a review, we promise to read your review on the air. And if you give us a five-star review, we will give a 60-second review of any film of your choosing. So until next time, I think I speak for Matt when I say it is an honor just to be considered. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>